Happy, happy Tuesday! Uh, welcome back for another episode of Not Now When. Today I am so, so excited to have my dear, wonderful friend Ling join us today. Um, well, Ling, she is a founder and CEO of the Pink Mom. She is on mission, everybody. She is on mission to reform and reshape how the beauty industry speak to women, celebrate women, and connect women. She had bring all her full passion for the eco beauty and wellness space from years experience into Pimom. And today, in less than three years, guys, she have helped near twenty different female led businesses pivot, become successful in their own journey. And Pimo will also be featured in The Vogue, Boomer, Forbes, BuzzFeed, and so many other publications. With that, I am just really, really excited. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. And thank you so much, Lin, for joining us. We are so excited to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you so much, Wen, for having me. Amazing. So, Lin, you've done so much. So tell us how all those beautiful journey get started in the first place. Yeah, so, uh, so I have two starting points, actually. I guess the first starting point was in middle school um, when I started to learn about animal testing. And animal testing is very prevalent in the cosmetic industry. Um, so like your skincare products, nail polish, lipsticks and whatnot, they're all tested on animals. And so when I was in middle school, I had an older friend who um, volunteered for PETA, which is a nonprofit focused on animal cruelty, preventing animal mm -hmm. cruelty. And she had mailed me a couple pam pamphlets about animal testing and it listed all the brands that tested on animals. So at that time, I was very um, disgusted. I mean, I love animals. I grew up with dogs my entire life and you know, I'm a big animal lover. And so when I had learned about all these brands testing on animals, I showed the list to my mom and I said, you can't buy any brands, uh, any of these brands. And at that time in the early 2000s, the only brands that didn't test on animals were the ones that you could buy at Whole Foods, you know, farmer's markets, small health food stores. And little did I know, I was already using natural sustainable beauty products at that time, but I didn't know because my first um, goal was to not use products that were tested on animals. Mm -hmm. And then um, in college, I had studied uh, business as mm -hmm. my um, bachelor's of science. And then I had a secondary major in Chinese language. And then my minors were dual, uh, dual minor in studio art and art history. And so I love art. I'm very creative. And then, um, and then I studied business because I had an interest in marketing. Because uh, marketing is very, you know, it's a combination of you know, psychology and business strategy and, you know, creative creativity. And so I thought it was a good major for me. Um, but in college, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I had all kinds of career aspirations. Um, I mean, I actually wanted to, before I applied to college, I told my mom that I want to work in advertising and specifically fashion because I Wow. Uh, you know, I have really love fashion and beauty. And um, my mom being, you know, an Asian, typical Asian mom looked up the salary, average salary of someone working in fashion advertising. And she said, okay, CNN reports that the starting salary for uh, fashion advertising was $13,000. So no, you cannot do that career. <laughs> 
Um, but I've always, you know, kept that in mind, um, working in marketing. And so I started thinking more about what I wanted to do. And before graduating from college, I had thought about maybe working in public relations, uh, PR, uh, because it com combines, you know, creativity with writing and strategy, psychology. So it is, you know, very close to what I had wanted to do in marketing. And so um, I landed a role at a cosmetics, natural vegan cosmetics brand called 100% Pure. And they're one of the first brands to really bring natural vegan cosmetics to the masses. And so, um, so I was there as a summer, summer intern. Um, and at that time in 2011, it was a pretty small company. Now this company has grown you know, global wide. They're a pretty large company now. But when I was there as a new college grad, I felt like it was important for me to have some corporate experience um, rather than starting a career in a startup. And that's what I recommend for anyone who's listening to this and who's, you know, still in college or um, new college grad. I would definitely suggest working in corporate for a little bit just so you can learn. You know, when I was at my corporate job, even though it wasn't my you know, I wasn't passionate about it. I didn't love it. it. wasn't my favorite job, but I definitely learned a lot, you know, working in a structured hierarchical company. Mm -hmm. And so I went to go work for a global PR firm in San Francisco. I was there for a little over one and a half years. And all the clients I had worked on were tech, like B2B tech software. Um, there was a couple clients I worked on that were healthcare and solar and green tech and solar and green tech were more of my passion because it is, you know, sustainable. They're striving for a more sustainable, cleaner planet. Um, and Sounds so like you always know about the sustainability, that path. Yeah. The sustainability path has always been in my, in the back of my mind, because that's something that I'm passionate about, you know, animals and, you know, sustainability, eco living. And so um, after leaving that company, I was, I was there for, how long was I there? Under two years. And I had wanted to go back into beauty because beauty, mm -hmm. I really loved, you know, working at 100% Pure and just being in that space with other people who cared about um, brands, beauty brands that were friendly to animals, friendly to the planet and friendly to your health. And at that time, there weren't many companies, beauty companies in San Francisco. There's Sephora, there's Benefit Cosmetics, Bare Essentials, but those are not, you know, sustainable beauty brands. And then I did find one um, small retailer called Ayla Beauty, which I was my next role. And so Ayla Beauty is a natural skincare retailer uh, in San Francisco, and they're also an online store. And so I worked there. Um, for about two years, uh, focused, my role was focused first in customer service, and then it transformed into a role that included marketing, social media, some business development. And that's when I realized, okay, I really want to move to New York because some several of the brands that they sold and now still sell there were based in New York City. And I'd always wanted to live in New York um, from high school. I wanted to go to college in New York, and I just, you know, always had dreams of living in New York. And I wanted to change the scenery. I had been living in San Francisco for almost three years. And I just felt like I needed a change of scenery and, um, and, you know, to challenge myself more because living in San Francisco, it's a great, beautiful city, but I felt like 
it was a little too small. It is technically a small city. It's seven by seven miles. And uh, I just felt like I needed, you know, a bigger challenge. And so I had sent out my resume, cold emailed a bunch of organic beauty companies. So I had Google. So I just Google organic wow. beauty company in New York City. And I literally emailed every single company. I tried to reach out to my network, but most of my network in San Francisco is all tech. So people were like, okay, I connect you to this tech startup in New York. And I was like, mm, like, I don't want to work at another tech company that I'm not passionate about. Like, this is my time to really work at a job that I'm super passionate about, that I really love and that mm -hmm. I feel proud to do. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, one company that I emailed offered me a job and uh, it's a Italian organic skincare company called Bottega Organica. And they had just launched a couple months or earlier in the year that I applied for the job. And so I came into the company pretty early on. It was just me and the founders for almost three years. So I was at the company for almost three years. And wow. it was a really, um, really good role for me to really learn everything from running a business because since I was the only full-time employee uh, working closely with the founders, I really got to do a little bit of everything. So they had a store in West Village, which I helped to manage. And then they, uh, I helped to grow the brand across the world. So I launched the brand into various distribution channels across the world. Um, mm. They flew me all over the world from Italy to Chicago, LA wow. to um, go to these trade shows where I met a lot of distributors and spas and um, beauty retailers and whatnot. And then I also helped them with their PR and social media. So really, you know, really learned how to run a business on low resources. And was so at the time, I'm sorry, at the time you were looking for an opportunity in New York, right? You finally mm -hmm. find it. Incredible yeah. opportunity. Is this everything you want at the time? Yeah, it definitely was kind of like a dream job because, you know, I was 24, had just moved to New York, you know, got landed a directorial role because my role, my job title was um, marketing and sales director. So, you know, it was kind of like a dream come true in a way because so I actually before moving to New York, I had the I had two choices, either take this job in New York or go to grad school because I had gotten to this business grad um, international business program. But my mom kept pushing me to do because she was like, I would rather you go to grad school than move to New York because my mom, she likes to keep her children close. <laughs> I, I grew up in Southern California. And so she her her dream is for me to live at home or to live close to home. Mm -hmm. until I get married. And so Aww. she didn't want me to move to New York. You know, she had lived in New York um, for a couple of years. She did her master's here in New York and that was in the eighties. And so she thought that New York was still like that, that it was still dangerous and dirty mm -hmm. and messy. And also because New York is very cold and I'm very, uh, I do not do well in the winter here. <laughs> and so my mom had wanted me to go to the business grad program, but I told her, I said, if I were to graduate from this graduate program, this is the kind of job that I would aim to get. And why not take this job that I'm going to get paid for that I don't need to go to grad program for. And, and so that's what I really, you know, try to convince my mom. And you so, seem like you already know what you want because that must be a tough conversation being mm -hmm. an Asian and talk to you, your yeah. mother or father from the authority perspective. Is yeah. that is that who you always are? You always know what you want and just go after yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
That's beautiful. So now in New York, you're in your dream job, you're running the business, you see, you fly all over the world to see the distributors, see the trade show, and then what happened from there? So around the time, it was about a year before I left the company, I had started to freelance for um, one woman-owned organic beauty brand because so Bottega Organica was all male-founded. Mm -hmm. And um, I and there's just me and one other woman um, on the team and everyone else were men. And so I just wanted to help smaller brands because going to these trade shows, I had met you know, various brand founders, all women, and they saw what kind of brand Bottega Organica was. At that time, Bottega Organica, you know, we were have already grown really fast and we're placing a lot of publications. And so some of the smaller brands were like, wow, I want to be in a place like Bottega Organica. And so I met these brand founders and I told them like, I'd be open to freelancing for you and helping you grow your brand um, working part time. Beautiful. And so I started freelancing for this one brand. And then the following winter, I started freelancing for another brand who I'm still very close with. And so um, one of the founders from the second brand I started freelancing for told me, you know, maybe you could even start a consultancy to start working with these, you know, smaller female founded brands. And then you could live abroad because at that time I had started to think about wanting to live abroad. Um, you know, I've always wanted to live in Europe. And so my goal in mind was, okay, I'm going to start my own company so I can move to Italy. Italy is wow. one of my favorite countries. And so one of my favorite countries I've always wanted to live in. And so, um, so then I left Bottega and then started Pink Moon, the consultancy. Was and it an easy decision to leave your dream it, job? I, I think at that time, I had already been at the company for almost three years and I felt like I needed a change. So I'm someone who likes to, I like constant change in my life. And I always like to challenge myself. And I've always wanted to be my own boss. Like even when I was, I think I was 25 or 26, I had made a list of goals that I wanted to accomplish before the age of 30. And one of them was to start a company. So I felt like that was a good time for me to cross off the start a company goal on that list. That's amazing. And let's talk about starting the payment. Do you have the idea already before you leave or you leave, they had the idea come about and how does this whole evolution uh, come to fruition? Yeah, I think it was the day that I left that I started to think, okay, what's next? <gasps> so you leave first without yeah. having an idea. That's a lot yeah. of courage. Yeah. Well, you're not scared at all. You just knew I you definitely, have it. Yeah, I definitely was scared, um, especially, you know, living in New York is very costly. And so I really had to think, okay, how am I going to start this company? I mean, building a consultancy doesn't cost too much. You just have to pay for registering your company and, you know, getting contracts made. So it's not a big investment, as big of an investment as the second Pink Moon business. Um, and so it definitely was a risk, especially also my mom at the same time was telling me, I don't think this is a good time to start a company. You know, you're still quite young and you should go to grad school. So her goal in mind was always for me to go to grad school. So she kept saying like, you know, like, why don't you go try that graduate, that business um, program again? Or she started to think about other careers for me, like in the healthcare field, because my mom works in healthcare field. My brother's a doctor. So she always hoped for me to become a doctor too. Aww. So um, 
So she started thinking about all these career ideas. Oh, why don't you become an occupational therapist, which is what she does, or, you know, go to school for nursing or, you know, all kinds of healthcare fields. And I just told her, I don't want to, like, that's not my passion, even though when I was younger, like when I was 10 or 11 years old, I had aspirations to be a pediatrician. But that was before I knew about, you know, going through med school and, having to, um, you know, do anatomy classes. And I'm very queasy. I can't stand to look at blood or surgeries and whatnot. So I told her that I said, I don't think I could go through nursing school or medical school because I can't handle, you know, looking at blood and whatnot. Was it easy to say no to your mother though? It was not easy, but I kept telling her like, this is my dream. I've always wanted to start my own company mm-hmm. and this is what I want to do. And I want to be happy. I don't want to be at a job. Like even if I'm getting paid a lot of money and having a stable salary, I don't want to risk my mental health. Let's take a second. I'm Pada. You were young at the time and having that courage and awareness to recognize you're choosing between happy and something that you your parents are very proud of how do you even know that like that's incredibly um intentional and really brave to recognize it and Mm -hmm. truly follow your heart isn't it yeah well because it was from experience so when i was at that corporate job i close to before i quit i started to feel very unhappy like i feel like my mental health was definitely at risk because I had almost, um, I was, so I was crossing a really busy street in San Francisco. I was on my way to my volunteer. Um, I volunteered at an Asian American uh, magazine media company. And so I was on my way to my meeting and I was crossing the street without even thinking. And this car almost hit me because it wasn't the pedestrian's right to walk. It was the car's um, right. And so I almost got hit. And when I crossed, got to the other end, I was like, wow, this is not like I need to quit this job because I'm so unhappy and I'm stressed and this is not worth it. And I had at that moment, I promised myself I'm never going to be in another job that I'm not happy at. Wow. So when I think about that, that's like, you know, my own personal experience and just thinking about how unhappy and like stress and I, you know, almost accidentally killed myself, you know, so that was really what was always in the back of my mind. That's what I reminded my mom too. I kept telling her like my happiness is worth mm-hmm. more than having a stable salary. So beautiful. I felt if everybody just having that courage to acknowledge it and truly embrace their own happiness, I felt the whole world mm-hmm. would be such a happier place, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Amazing. So now you are on the journey to start Pingmong. So tell us about, mm-hmm. first of all, tell us about in your word, what a Pingmong is and how did mm-hmm. you get started? Yeah, so the first, so I have two businesses named Pink Moon. The first one that I started a couple years ago, the consultancy is a consultancy for female founded sustainable beauty brands. So with these brands, I help them grow um, from their PR, uh, social media marketing to launching the brand into various distribution channels across the world. And so, um, and so I've worked since three years ago, I've worked with 20 different brands at various stages of growth and just really helped to, you know, grow these brands. And you said two stages, what is second stage? Yeah, so the second Pink Moon business is a retailer. So I, um, or it's the, 
the tagline is um, Pink Moon is an inclusive well care space and community created by women for women through every phase of life. So we have an online store right now where I curate exclusively female founded sustainable self care, well being and lifestyle brands, including our own in house brand Pink Moon. So the third Pink Moon, that's almost like a third stage of Pink Moon. I'm still consult consulting and I feel like this e-commerce well care space is kind of extension of my mission of what I have been doing, you know, working alongside these female founded brands and now marketing and selling them on my own platform and sharing their stories. So basically, Pinkmoon is a consultancy to help other female uh, entrepreneurs to launch their product or be more mm -hmm. successful. And at the same time, Pinkmoon also is a retail space for people to shop for those um, uh, conscious and more better uh, sustained product. Mm -hmm. Is it also Pinkmoon also have products yourself? Pinkmoon yeah, product, so correct? the Pinkmoon okay. collection. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So Pinkmoon also have a connection. Wonderful. I'm going to check it out website right after this. This is mm -hmm. exciting. So tell us, uh, you know, the moment you decided to start a pain moment, was everything easy, right? What is, what is the biggest uh, hurdle or obstacle you have to overcome to start a business? Well, definitely my mom's um, aspirations for me. That was definitely a big challenge because for the first six months of starting my company three years, three and a half years ago now, she kept calling me like every week. Do you need money? Do you want to move back home? Do you want to move back home and run your company so you can figure things out? Because at that time, I was living in my own apartment. I had my studio apartment in New York City. Um, thankfully, it was still affordable <laughs> because I um, I lived in a. It was a very small studio, and um, so my mom was suggesting maybe you should move out of Manhattan and maybe move to Queens or move to Brooklyn or move to somewhere cheaper and have roommates. And I told her, no, like if I have roommates, I will not be happy. And, uh, and I kept telling her like, I can do this and I don't need help. And, um, so I basically, mean, within... so basically your challenge is a constant doubt and yeah. question from the people you love and i'm i'm also mm -hmm. thinking about the whole entrepreneur journey probably not just having a doubt from others around you who love you but also for ourselves right i'm yeah. curious you know uh link what's your advice uh to other entrepreneurs who may be listening today and also have similar kind of journey whether it's people surrounding or her does not believe their vision or themselves sometimes you know having that thought coming up Am I going up? Is this going to work, right? What would you suggest mm -hmm. since you kind of, you know, really break through from that moment, that yeah. six months? I think they should definitely think first about their happiness and what they want in their life, whether that's, um, you know, to help others or to give back to charity or, you know, to just really be happy, be at a job that they're passionate about. And, and so that's what I think about. I always think about what brings me joy, what makes me happy, or makes me feel fulfilled. And when I think about working at a corporate job, I know for sure I won't feel fulfilled, I won't feel happy, I won't come home at the end of the day and feel great about myself. And so that's what I ultimately think about, think about what I want for my life, because it's my life, even though my mom has a different path for me, it's not her life, it's my life. And so that's what I really think about. Life is too short to be at a job that you're not happy about or passionate about. Mm, beautiful. Wow. So six months in, your mom's keep calling. You are saying no in your little apartment in Manhattan. What happened mm -hmm. from there? 
Well, I had, so within the first month of starting my company, I had already signed up about, I think I had first signed up six or seven clients. So it's wow. already really busy. Yeah. And how did and you do so, that so quickly? That's amazing. Yeah. So I had the brands that I was already consulting for. So I had two brands mm -hmm. already. And then other brands were, had heard about me before. Um, or they were brands that I, the founder and I were friends because we met when I was at the previous role and we had just always stayed in touch. And so I signed on those brands and then other brands were ones I had researched, um, that I felt like could use help. Wow. Beautiful. So you really already proved your mom wrong the first month. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, from that six months, what happened from there? How did you scale from that point to today? Yeah, so after about a year of having the consultancy, it felt like it was time to grow my team because um, I had been working, I think at the one year mark, I had 10 clients all at once. So I was like, okay, I definitely need help. I can't work with 10 brands all by myself. And so I had hired an intern who is now a part-time employee on my team she's been with me for two almost two and a half years now and so and then um just late last summer i started to think about growing the pink moon concept so that's when i started to think about the well care space and the neighborhood i was living in um is the upper west side of manhattan and upper west side is known to be a very affluent neighborhood and yet there's a lot of families and, and new moms. I even looked into the census report and learned that the Upper West Side has more women than men living in the neighborhood. And just in 2018, there were uh, 7,500 new moms just within a year. So you can imagine that it's a very wow. family-oriented neighborhood, yet mm -hmm. there's no clean beauty wellness space for the women there. Most of the wellness and clean beauty spaces are in downtown Manhattan. So I thought like, and even on my block, I had two friends who lived across the street from me who were young moms. Um, and so I thought like, where did these women go shopping for clean beauty, sustainable essentials for their home, for their family? And so that's when I started to think, okay, I think this would be a good time to open a store, a retail space in the Upper West Side that would cater to these women but also be a community space for them to learn about, you know, wellness and women's health, fertility, and even business topics, because a lot of the women in wow. the Upper West Side are working women. They're either entrepreneurs or they have a full-time career while balancing a family. And so that was my goal to open this physical space by this winter. Um, but obviously, of course, everything has pivoted. So earlier this spring before COVID, um, arrived in the United States, I was preparing to raise capital and already spoken to quite a few investors. And so I was really preparing to raise money to open this physical space. And then when COVID hit, I, you know, paused the pitching and really started to think, okay, how else can I help women and support these women uh, digitally? And so that's when I opened or started to think about opening an online store. So I took me about three, almost four months to launch my online store because it's, you know, starting a website, a, an e-commerce website is a big project. And I didn't realize how big of a project it was. 
And so, uh, you know, really had to have a design team, the photographer, and then me uploading the products one by one. So it was a lot of work. And so in four months, uh, mid-June was when I launched the online store. Mm -hmm. And now I've been running the online store for almost exactly six months now. And wow. so that's my that was my pivot. Um, I, and then now I'm thinking what's next for Pink Moon because the e-commerce is going quite well and I still want to open the fiscal space. And uh, so my hope is to open the fiscal space by next sometime next year or early 2022. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. And Lynn, you know, sounds like you are always, you know, problem, uh, problem solving focus, right? There's a problem, there's a solution, let's go get it, have, uh, get it, get it done. I'm mm -hmm. curious, you know, when this year COVID hit, you mentioned about a few goals you are um, previously envisioning for this year, but it did not happen. I'm curious about, you know, was it, was it a shock for you? Was it difficult for you first? You know, how do you able to always, you know, in such a positive mindset and really, you know, moving forward and not drawing on that situation? Because this year, mm -hmm. be honest, it's not easy for many yeah. of us, especially small businesses, especially, uh, you know, you know, a lot of us, no, no, no one can really anticipate or prepare for mm -hmm. what's coming this year. So I'm curious, yeah. what is your mindset? What is your um, thought process coming when, you know, entire pandemic happened? And how do you really pivot so quickly and successfully mm -hmm. and moving forward? Yeah, well, it was always in my plan to start an online store um, to complement the retail space the physical space, um, but my plan was to open, wasn't to open the online store till closer to the physical space opening. And so when I was thinking about that, I was like, well, there's no problem to push that plan earlier um, because I still want to, you know, I want to start on my mission as soon as possible. So a couple mm -hmm. of missions with Pink Moon are to change the way the beauty industry talks to women because the beauty industry is very negative, very, you know, shaming. They ignore women, they exclude women. They're all about anti-aging and making women feel less than they are um, and affecting their confidence and self-esteem. So I really want to change that. That's one part. Another part is to make wellness more accessible because a lot of people think that living a sustainable wellness life is um, elitist and very expensive, but actually it isn't. It can be affordable. And so a lot of the brands that we curate in the online store are under $25 and very affordable. And um, thirdly is to give back. And so we donate a part of our proceeds to a lot a part of our profit to charity. So since mid June, we've given back to over a dozen charities and um, or almost actually two dozen charities, uh, different wow. charities. And um, because I've always, you know, I was raised to give back to those who need it the most and, and help other people. And so I wanted that to be a big part of my business too. And then yeah. the last Lastly, to really inspire genuine self-love because right around the time when I launched Pink Moon three and a half years ago, I was going through my own self-love journey. I'd just gone out of a really toxic relationship, I was learning to rebuild myself, rebuild my confidence, my independence, and really learn to take care of myself because I, you know, never really taken good care of myself. I always relied on boyfriends to take care of me and my parents. <laughs> and so I felt like this was the time to really, you know, learn to genuinely love myself and genuinely take care of myself and mm -hmm. when I started to really love and take care of myself I saw this transformative 
you know, this transform for me to, you know, launch Pink Moon and, and really have more confidence to do things like travel alone. I traveled right after I started my company, I traveled to Norway by myself. That was the first trip I ever took by myself. And after that, I've, you know, traveled alone quite a few times more. And so I noticed that, you know, when you really take care of yourself, you're more open to more risks and more challenges and face them head on without <laughs> negative, you know, pessimism. And, and so I want other women to experience this too. So with our store, we're not just all about selling, but we're also about mostly about supporting women in any way that we can. So we started doing virtual um, workshops on wellness. Um, so we did a workshop in September about gua sha and traditional Chinese medicine. And then in October, we did a workshop on energy healing and aromatherapy and crystals. And so we really want to continue these workshops and um, see what else I can do to support our customers. Beautiful. I, I really love what you said, Link, about, you know, when we truly take care of ourselves, give ourselves that self-love, you know, all the abundance opportunity will present, will open the door for, for ourselves. And I'm curious, mm -hmm. you know, it sounds like you are on this journey for the past uh, couple of years. You know, what is your self-care, self-love routine? And what are maybe some tips and advice you want to share with other uh, female uh, listeners here? Mm -hmm. Well, definitely um, the first step is washing your face. Um, <laughs> that's a big, that's a first step to taking care of your skin. Because when you take good care of your skin, you feel good inside and outside. And um, and so washing your face is definitely a big step to not miss. Because there are days, <laughs> you know, when I was going through that breakup, you know, there are days that I didn't even get out of bed for several days, didn't wash my face, didn't shower. You know, I felt oh. really bad about myself. And, but then when I started to get up and wash my face, even just simply splashing water on my face, I felt instantly better. Just mm -hmm. that feeling of water too. Like water is very healing. And so that's why people say when you, you know, the sea, when you the, when you go to the ocean, there's like a, a quote, a famous quote from a poet saying how the ocean is very healing. And it's because of the, it's the water. Water is just very healing and instantly feels good. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, splashing some water on your face is a good step. Um, also, moisturizing your face, because when you moisturize your face, you're technically like massaging your face. And when you massage your face, it just, you know, feels good, feels good inside, feels good outside. It's good for your physical, mental, emotional well-being. And um, so a big part of my self-love, self-care routine is doing gua sha. Um, wow. Gua sha is a traditional Chinese medicine, um, ancient healing modality. Um, and just doing gua sha on your face feels really good, but also, you know, helps to smooth out your face, um, reduce puffiness, reduce inflammation, and then move stagnant energy. And for those who are working from home every day, um, you know, doing gua sha is really good, beneficial for your physical, mental, emotional health. Do you do it yourself? Like, yeah, I do it myself. Using a spoon? Uh, no, with a uh, pink moon. So I have pink moon. Um, oh, sorry. I, I mentioned the spoon is because my, my grandma used a spoon. <laughs> Show us. That's amazing. Yeah, so I have a um, gua sha tool. Wow. Rose quartz gua sha tool. So that's what I launched um, late last year. Beautiful. And that's made out of rose quartz. And rose quartz is a 
crystal that's tied to self-love and compassion. So um, the gua sha is a big part of my self-care routine. And then just um, also drinking a lot of water and herbal tea. Um, Staying hydrated is very important also to your to your skin, skincare ritual, but also your physical health. And, um, and just, you know, going outside for a walk, since I'm Mm -hmm. working from home all day. There are some days where I'm just inside all day for a whole week. And I realized, (laughs) wow, I didn't take any walks or any breaths of fresh air. So just walking outside is a big part. So beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Ning, for sharing those beautiful tips about self-care and self-love. And I want to pivot our topic a little bit more, you know, kind of go back to the entrepreneur journey, right? Sounds like along the way, Ling, you were just such a trooper. You really just follow your heart and really one step at a time, follow your dream and make it happen. I'm curious, you know, of course, we talk a lot about success and, you know, the, the, the things that you do really, really well and wonderful. I'm curious, is there a failure? Is there any challenges, setback that was um, so difficult, so pivotal to you and how you really see um, problem or solution differently? I'm curious. Um, Or just, hmm. you know, maybe it's a tough time. Maybe it's a, a time that really... Uh, because you mentioned you started business three years ago, right? You said you mm-hmm. always wanted your own boss. I'm curious, is that everything you anticipate? Is there more mm-hmm. um, problems or more even mm-hmm. more difficult, more challenges than you anticipate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And being an entrepreneur brings a lot of challenges, a lot of ups and downs. Every day is not up. <laughs> and even every day, there's a lot of, even on just one day, there could be a lot of ups, a lot of downs, um, especially running an e-commerce in such a strange year being 2020 having you know mm-hmm. low employment rate and a lot of people having lost their jobs and health insurance so it definitely is a tough year especially being careful with how you market and not being pushy because i see some brands just like having all kinds of sales pushing people to buy and i don't mm-hmm. feel like that kind of messaging feels right mm-hmm. and but even then i also need to survive as a business and i've invested all my save almost all my savings into launching the online store it was a big investment and there definitely have been days where i'm just like i just want to give up because (laughs) running an e-commerce store is a lot more work than i had ever imagined and ever expected and so it definitely has been a challenge there are some days where i was just like i just want to quit everything and maybe work at a corporate job (laughs) but then i think about my happiness and i think about my goals what i want to do with pink moon and and just really thinking about, you know, supporting women um, Mm -hmm. is what I think about and, you know, giving back because since we give back, use a portion of our profit to give back to charities in need. And so Mm -hmm. when I really think about my mission, my goals in life, then I just, you know, keep going. So beautiful. Why supporting women and giving back is so important to you, Lee? Well, supporting women because one thing, my mom raised my brother and I working full time I'm working a full-time career while raising the both of us. And so just thinking about women like her, women who, you know, really gave themselves selflessly, worked hard to, you know, have a career for themselves, have their independence while raising children and being a wife and, you know, managing household. I just think about women like her and, you know, I want to help women like her because a lot of these women, they don't take care of themselves, you know, growing up 
you know, mental health is rarely discussed in your average Asian household. And then Asian mm -hmm. moms, I know not just my own mom, but other friends, other girlfriends who have Asian moms, like we all can agree that they, you know, our moms put their children first and never took care of themselves. And so yes. just seeing the detrimental effects of that, like I think if my mom took better care of herself first, then she maybe could have done some things differently with my brother and I. And um, so I just really want to inspire women to take care of themselves first, because when you truly love yourself, truly take care of yourself first, then you can take better care of the people around you, do better at your job and take care of the causes that you care for. So beautiful. You have such a beautiful hurling. I'm just I'm just so, so, so grateful you are here. And, you know, when you describe your mom and my, my mother as well, and I 100% agree, she always put me and my sister first. And so grateful for all the Asian moms. So talking about mm -hmm. moms, uh, today, Ling, you are, of course, successful. I mean, uh, Pin Lumong has to go so many uh, illiteration. In three years, you have transformed a concept into a businesses. Mm -hmm. Is your mom happy with you today? Oh, is she still calling you go back to uh, <laughs> become a doctor? I hope she's happy. I mean, she definitely supports me and she's always telling her friends about my products and Aww. sharing my posts on her Facebook, um, her personal Facebook page. So I know she supports me. I think she still is <laughs> doubtful, especially being, you know, 2020, a lot of people have lost their jobs. They're not really mm -hmm. shopping we're buying products. And so that's definitely her main concern. And, but I think now she's starting to realize like, I'm happy. This is what, what I want to do. And I'm actually succeeding. I'm not in debt. I'm, you know, I'm floating. I'm not, you know, making millions, but um, not millions, yet. making millions yet. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> but I'm, you know, I know what I'm doing and I have a, um, you know, I have a mission in mind. Beautiful, beautiful. I just, I love that you are so laser fit focused on who you are, what you want to accomplish, how you want to supporting the world, supporting women specifically. It, it's just such a beautiful dream to, to see, um, to see it's so gorgeous. Um, and I'm curious, you know, Ling, um, of course, you you accomplish so much for yourself and for you uh, people around you, community. I could not wait to see the physical story come about, and I'm sure it's beautiful. I saw incredible pictures. Um, you have, you know, of course, such a badass. You know, along the way, you inspire so many of people, including myself. I'm curious, you know, what is your uh, do you have any thoughts about what American Dream meant for you? Is this what um, American Dream means? And what's your thoughts about that? Yeah, well, for me, I think my American dream has definitely transformed a lot in the past life. I mean, in my all years of life, um, because my mom has always, you know, she has a very different American dream. And she came to my both my parents, they came to the States to do their grad program mm -hmm. um, um, back in the 70s and 80s. And so and their American dream was to, you know, obtain a, a stable career and you know build a family raise kids here and so their american dream is very different i mean obviously they're a different generation and for me growing up i think 
my American dream was kind of similar, even though, you know, I was born here, you know, raising kids here, having a, a successful career and being married to also a successful career man um. was my American dream before. But now really my dream, American dream for me is to just, you know, be happy and to be doing something meaningful that fulfills me in my everyday life. And that also helps others. Oh, you are such a beautiful soul, Ling. I am just so honored to have you here. Oh my God, your story just touching so much of me and all mm-hmm. of us who are listening today. I have a last question for you. So for you, you know, start your business three years ago. You, you know, obviously overcome so much up and downs. And today you are very, very successful on your way to make even bigger, bigger world. Um, do you have any advice for our entrepreneurs who are listening, who are maybe thinking about starting a business or maybe pivoting in 2020 and 2021? What kind of you know advice or tips you will uh, share with us? I think one thing is definitely just stay true to your mission. Because I actually recently had a friend tell me, a friend that I've known for quite a few years told me recently, like when you've really stayed true to your mission and stay true to who you are, because some people, when they start a business, they get very greedy and they see how much money is flowing in. They take advantage of other people's money. And, um, and so what she told me, she was like, you really stay true to your mission, to your mission, to help women and to also give back to charity. And, and so, you know, those are my top, goals with my company. It's not to get rich. I'm not about getting rich and like making it big. Of course, that's Mm -hmm. all nice and good. But for me, it's really helping. It's about helping others with my business rather than getting Mm -hmm. rich and making a ton of money to keep for myself. And when I get to that point, when I'm making a lot of money, most of it will be going to charity because that's how I was raised and how I want to spend my money. And secondly, is to just keep moving forward. Just think about your what you're passionate about, what brings you joy, and keep working on that. Keep working on what brings you joy. Focus on things that you know help bring you happiness and peace, rather than you know listening to outside opinions. Mm-hmm. So beautiful, Ling. So. I love everything you said. Focus on your why, focus on moving forward, really focus on follow your heart, focus on what brings your heart the joy, the beautiful, beautiful smile, and then make the world a better place. So mm-hmm. I love everything you said. Thank you so much, Lin, for joining us. Um, oh my God, I'm just so, so inspired. And I hope everybody who tuning in also enjoyed today's show. We cannot wait to see you guys next time. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you so Thank much, you. Lin. Yeah, thank you, Wen. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.